the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, the Finance Ghost and Mohamed Nalla. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. Our recent shows in Magic Markets Premium have included platforms like TripAdvisor, technology businesses like Salesforce, luxury consumer brands like LVMH and Aston Martin, and even an old-school industrials group like 3M. For just 99 Rand a month and no minimum commitment, there is no better way to learn about international stocks and how to research them. Visit magic-markets.com to sign up today. Welcome to episode 138 of Magic Markets. And Mo, I think it's going to be a fun one. We're going to try something a little bit different this week. So to our listeners, we really are looking for your feedback here. We are experimenting a little bit with some of the formats in Magic Markets, as you know. We brought the length of the shows down quite a bit to try and make it easier to get through the content each week. And it seems like most people are enjoying that. And this week, Mo, we're going to try something else that is new. And I'm pretty excited about it. But I'll tell you what, I'll let you uh, break the news. Yeah, Ghost, always a pleasure doing this with you. And I think the changed formats working in terms of the, the shorter format. A lot of our listeners have given us some very positive feedback about that. So guys, let us know on social media. It's at Magic Markets Pod. Let us know what you're thinking about the new format. But what we're going to be doing or trying at least with today's show is that we're going to look at recent earnings releases in the U.S., you know, what are some of the key critical things that have come to the fore for us? What's standing out with reference to maybe previous shows that we had done in Magic Markets Premium? And we're going to just keep this in a short format. We're not going to go into the full detail that we cover, obviously, in our Magic Markets Premium reports. But we're going to give you some line of sight in terms of what's happened with some of the companies that we've covered. What's top of mind for us in terms of what's popped out of the most recent earnings transcript and how that plays into the overall evolving market view. Ghost, does that sum it up nicely? Yeah, I think so. And I guess what we also want to do is just give people more of an idea of what's inside Magic Markets Premium, which is where we really do our best work. You know, And for our subscribers who have given that a try, I mean, it's 99 bucks a month. You can't even buy a Steers burger for that anymore. So despite uh, the levels of inflation, we have not increased uh, that price. And we know we've tried to keep it as, as, as good as we can for our subscribers. Can't do it forever, of course, but uh, we can do it for now at least. So yeah, come in and check out the research report on global stocks. There's over 90 of them now. And uh, Mo, let's get into it, I think. I'm going to go first, if that's cool with you. So I went and had a look at Caterpillar. Now, Caterpillar is something that we have covered in Magic Markets Premium before. Really interesting business. Uh, maybe a soft spot to my side because little toddler ghost is a very big fan of diggers. If you drive, I can't believe how many diggers there actually are in this world. I'd never really noticed them until driving around with him and listening to that cute little voice screaming, digger, out of the uh, backseat. But onwards to Caterpillar. First little fun fact here about this company. So if you actually go back to the sort of mid-2000s, so the middle of that bull market, and then look at what your compound annual growth rate has been since then. Caterpillar makes a fantastic case for itself as a really good buy and forget stock. Even though it has these cyclical underpins to it, it just does so well. Compound annual growth rate of around 10.3%. The S&P 500 has given you mid-7s. And on top of that, if you look at the average dividend yield over that period, Caterpillar's dividend yield is actually higher than the index. So I guess my first fun fact about Caterpillar is that this is a very good compounder. And, you know, anyone who follows Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett and friends and, and, and has done any of the sort of maths around what difference a couple of hundred basis points in a compound annual growth rate makes, you'll know that it is significant, especially over a period of, you know, almost 20 years in this case. Also remember, that's a dollar return. So a 10.3% CAGR 
excluding dividends in dollars. If you work that out in rands, it is astonishing. So that's my first fun fact about Caterpillar. It is an index beta. Yeah, Ghost, I mean, that that's great. I think, you know, the format that we're experimenting with here is I'm going to now give you a fun fact or something that stuck out for me with the company that I'm looking to cover. And interestingly enough, it might not be big and yellow, but it's big and orange, right? And that is Home Depot. Now, Home Depot, you, you'll pardon the kind of bad US-centric humor where their mascot is Homer Depot. You know, that is something that we had highlighted in our premium show. That's not the fun fact, even though it, it might be fun. I picture Homer Simpson, not really the look I want when considering a, a stock, but we had called our show one for the bottom drawer. You know, I think I'm, I'm giving something away there, Ghost, with regards to what, what sits inside premium. But the interesting thing here is that the company has really done remarkably well over the long term. Now, when I say that, take that in the context of it's not solid double digit returns, but we've actually enjoyed solid upper single digit returns in terms of the last kind of year, then thereabouts. And on top of that, you get a reasonably strong dividend that has come through on the most recent earnings that have been published. And literally, this is hot off the press. It actually came out this morning based on when we were recording this. We actually see that the company has beat both revenue and earnings per share expectations. Now, I want to highlight an important point here. This is the important point, is that expectations in the market have been so bearish that beating both on revenue and earnings per share does not necessarily mean that the company is doing remarkably well. Now, what does this mean? It means that when we look at sales, those are actually down 2% year on year. You know, that's showing you that this consumer sector is still under a bit of pressure and the guidance for the next quarter is for a decline of 2 to 5%. Now, what's interesting and the interesting fact I want to highlight here is that despite this outlook, the stock actually rallied on the news. So that tells you that you've got to actually look at what's priced into the stock, what's important. Now, let's contextualize the rally. The news is fresh. It was up around a percent this morning in early pre-market trade once the news had actually broken. But that tells you that a lot of bearishness is already priced into the consumer sector. This week, we've got a lot of results out from retail stocks. And so I found it interesting that this was a beat both on revenue, both on earnings, but that that beat still encapsulates a mid single digits decline at a headline level. That's just a temperature check for where we are in the macroeconomic cycle. And I think we're seeing an extreme version of that play out in the South African market right now. Cashbuild and Italtal both released numbers actually in kind of the past week, week and a half. Uh, both bad, cash build a lot worse than Ital Tal Mo. These might not necessarily be companies that are on your radar much anymore. Um, and Home Depot is a little bit different to that. It's more like a builder's warehouse, which was obviously part of MassMart, no longer listed. But some pretty similar underlying macroeconomics. Of course, the South African consumer in a lot more pain right now than the US consumer. So back to Caterpillar, my second fun fact here. It's a very interesting one. They are well positioned for a move into electric vehicles globally. Now, you'll forgive me here as the skeptic in the room, but uh, there's a lot of environmental brainwashing around electric vehicles. That is completely different to denying climate change. That just means there's a lot of marketing that goes into this, and it completely ignores the supply chain. It also completely ignores where the electricity is coming from to recharge your vehicle 
there's kind of this wonderful assumption that seven unicorns are on a treadmill somewhere making the power that recharges your battery. Sadly, that's not how it works. That's also not how it works in terms of the commodities that go into these cars. So what I want to pick up on here was a comment in the latest earnings transcript where Caterpillar talked about how the average electric vehicle requires six times as many different minerals to produce as the average internal combustion engine vehicle. Now, what does that mean? That simply means more commodities. And what does that mean? It means more mining. It means more trucks. It means more equipment. It means more investment in Caterpillar's products, which is obviously very bullish for Caterpillar. And that's why they raise the point here. So basically what they are saying is that they are pretty well positioned for a world that is moving or at least trying to move away from fossil fuels and into these so-called transition metals. You know, they are literally the shovel in the gold rush, which is a point that we often raise, but a lot more than gold here. A whole lot of different minerals required to actually go and make those electric vehicles. Yeah, Ghost, that's a reasonably contentious view in terms of, you know, just the sentiment that's coming through, but one that's starting to come through increasingly in the public narrative. And I think it's an important point to keep in mind is, you know, do we rush into the next crisis as we try and solve the last crisis, you know, in terms of environmentally? Um, certainly one that warrants closer inspection. And, and the simple fact of the matter is we don't really have the hard data. We're only really going to know what this means by the time we've generated the next crisis. So I, th I thank you for raising that. I'm going to hop back over to Home Depot. And my, my second interesting fact, uh, and again, listeners of Magic Markets Premium will kind of know this one. This is not the fact, but it's just, it's an interesting one. I, I mentioned Home Depot, but the CEO of the company is someone called Ted Decker, not of Black & Decker fame. Now, now, Ghost, I remember we had a bit of a chuckle at this one. That's not the interesting fact. I just want to throw that in there because it's, it's something that the ordinary listener, the listener that's not in Magic Markets Premium already might not know. But Ted Decker was talking to us at the earnings announcement this morning, kind of saying that the interesting point is that transport costs have actually dropped over the last quarter. Now, why is this interesting for me? Is that We've just actually covered another stock in Magic Markets Premium today, which was UPS, a logistics company. So I'm trying to join the dots between what you're seeing in one sector of the economy through one set of lenses in a, you know, a, a retailer like Home Depot, and then move that across to stocks that we're seeing in another sector, in logistics. Now, why is this important is that if transport costs have dropped, and how does Home Depot kind of come into this, is that as they're trying to deliver, they were very big on e-commerce. That was something that surprised us when we initially covered the stock ghost, is that how big the e-commerce play at Home Depot actually was. But in terms of fulfilling those e-commerce orders, they obviously have to you know, outsource the logistics arm of that. And they've actually said that the operators they've been engaging with have stopped coming to them with price increases. So this tells us that, hey, maybe there's actually pressure on volumes. You know, if you're a logistics player and you are swamped with business, you're going to ask for price increases. You're spoiled for choice. If a player like Home Depot, and that's a big account, right? If you're a logistics player, Home Depot, you want the Home Depot account. If you go to Home Depot and you say, yeah, well, actually, we're not going to ask you for price increases. That's telling you that there is massive underlying pressure in the economy, that volumes are not looking great. And this kind of correlates not just in terms of, you know, supplying to the market, but it correlates with what Home Depot themselves have seen in terms of ticket sizes. So they're seeing smaller ticket sizes, more transactions, but in aggregate still contributing to, as we had indicated, that low single digit decline that they're expecting over the next quarter. Just fascinating to join the dots from the company announcements into the macroeconomic picture. Yeah, that's why we love digging through these earnings transcripts in so much detail, right? It's also why we try and cover as many different sectors as we can get our hands on. 
And as a final point, I guess that's why I'm so happy with the, the sort of library we've got now. It's, it is over 90 reports and it's, it's, we've read a lot of stuff. I mean, that's the, that's the simple reality. You know, if you hear any of the great investors talk, they always say, read as much as you can. It's one of the best tickets to success. And I think that's been our experience as well. So my final little fun fact around Caterpillar is that they have just reported a record quarter. Astonishingly good numbers. Adjusted earnings per share up 74.5% year on year. I mean, that's mega. You do pay for it though with a price earnings multiple in the high teens. And of course, this is where you need to be a little bit careful, right? A global economic slowdown would not be good for Caterpillar. So you need to be conscious of that as much as there's electric vehicles and everything else. They need companies to be investing in mining, in infrastructure. And they do that when times are good, the cycle is good. And commodity prices have come off hard. We've seen that in, I mean, South African mining houses have been reporting awful numbers now for the past few weeks. And we saw South Africa slip into a trade deficit, which of course is a, you know, a story for another podcast perhaps, but the mining industry is dealing with a slowdown in commodity prices. So that's something to think about for Caterpillar. And yet they are reporting record earnings because they are just selling so much equipment as mining houses invest for the next cycle regardless. The other thing I just want to point out that's linked to this is, you know, support for the multiple. And how do you justify multiple like that? Something very useful about Caterpillar's business model is that they earn a lot of revenue from services. So the sales of equipment today generates the services revenue of tomorrow and the next day and five years from now because this stuff lasts for a long time. Now, unfortunately, Caterpillar doesn't actually make it easy to figure out what percentage of their revenue is from services because their segmental reporting is actually based on things like oil and gas or construction, not sales versus service revenue. So the underlying business might have something in common with the likes of an Apple, but they don't actually report that way, unfortunately. They don't make it super easy for you to figure out exactly how it all works. Uh, but nonetheless, it is a big part of their business and a growing part of their business, something they are very focused on. You know, final points around that, they do this very cool thing where the big pieces of equipment go out with a QR code. And you basically go and scan the QR code and it's serialized and it tells you every part that's in that particular Caterpillar piece of machinery. So what is that doing? That is helping more remote users who don't necessarily have a Caterpillar dealer close by or they aren't necessarily experts in this stuff. And now they can actually contact Caterpillar and buy directly. So that is how Caterpillar does direct to consumer in their services business. Put a QR code on the side of the machine and make it easy to tell them what part you need. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool enough for me to go and say, digger, 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 right? <laughs> I think that's really nice. I mean, it, it, it kind of highlights how technology is changing, you know, how companies do business. Uh, where can companies like Caterpillar go and actually reach all the way out into, let's call it the hinterland, to go and reach a direct-to-consumer strategy? I mean, we've covered D2C, direct-to-consumer, as one of the key themes that we've seen come through in so many stocks that we've covered in Magic Markets Premium. And again, you know, kind of going back to that, the fact that you just go through tons and tons of material allows you to pick up on trends that you're seeing across multiple sectors. It becomes incredibly powerful. So again, if you're not a subscriber at only 99 Rand a month, go out, go and have a look at the library. If you subscribe today, you will have access to the entire library of over 90 reports there and thereabouts. It's really a treasure trove if you're out to, in, in, to invest in your education and how you look at companies. I'm going to jump into my last point on Home Depot. And it kind of ties into the original report that we had done. Now, why do I raise this? Is I've already indicated how we had called the original report one for the bottom drawer. 
right? And that wasn't just a play on, you know, cabinetry and carpentry and DIY. It was actually, you know, this is the kind of stock that you buy and you hold in your portfolio. Now, because we're covering it does not necessarily mean that we think now's the time to go and do that. So I wanted to highlight, you know, the, the fact that what you pay for a good investment is just so important. And the interesting fact is that from the time we covered the stock in Magic Markets Premium to where we are right now, is that it's actually rallied in excess of 10%. Why do I raise this is, for those of you not familiar with what goes into Magic Markets Premium, we also include a very kind of high level basic technical analysis. We indicate support and resistance levels of where we think the stock might actually falter, where we think the stock might actually find some support. And interestingly enough, with this latest rally and with the current earnings announcement, we're sitting on a key resistance level that we had highlighted in our previous report. So watch this very closely because with a stock like Home Depot, the 10% return sometimes is the kind of return you would bake in for an entire year. On top of that, yes, you might be getting the dividend and so you'd need to look at it on a total return basis, but be sensitive to the price that you're paying even for a business that is good. Be sensitive to the facts that I've highlighted just previously around the slowing guidance on sales on the top line. And so even if this is a great business, even if this is a business that has been doing phenomenal things in e-commerce, I mean, they've got these great DIY videos on their website that literally show you how do you do a project at home? What projects you need? And it almost ties into your QR point on Caterpillar Ghost is that they will educate you and show you how to buy their products for your next DIY project at home. And that's just so important. But all I'm saying is, whilst it might be one for the bottom drawer, go and have a look at the chart. And if you're lucky enough to be in Magic Markets Premium, go and have a look at the previous support and resistance levels. That would be quite instructive to tell you, you know, what the outlook is for the stock after the price action that we've seen without us needing to actually go into a detailed full recap. So my final question, if you had to pick one long-term between Caterpillar and Home Depot, one, neither, or both, long-term, buy and forget. At this stage of the cycle, geez, probably, probably neither. Right. I think I'm, I'm holding off for now. I've, I've owned Home Depot and I would be saying that it's, it's had a lot of a rally. So not a buy and forget for me on either of those. Uh, on maybe a correction on either, I'd probably say both because they're both great companies. And it just goes back to my point because it's not a cop out. It's just what are you paying for good businesses at the end of the day? That's really the key point. Listen, this isn't buy and forget like how a goldfish forgets, eh? With a very short-term lens. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer my own question because maybe when I say buy and forget... I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, I was going to yeah. ask you, what are you doing? When I, when I say buy and forget, I really mean like, unless the valuation is revoltingly out of kilter, you know, is there something you can buy and just put away in the bottom drawer? And I would say both have probably ticked that box. You know, if I think about when we covered these in Magic Markets Premium, both of them are just very, very strong businesses. They really are good examples of the kind of thing where you can go into the international markets and actually buy these kind of household names with good reason. And believe me, there are lots of household names you don't want to own. So I would put something like FedEx in that, uh, you know, in that grouping, just because it's hot off the press and we've kind of just covered logistics in UPS and you just have to go and draw the long-term charts to go and look at that. So yeah, very cool companies. Mo, I'm glad we've covered them. And obviously to our listeners, let us know what you think of this new format are you enjoying this is it is it fun that we come with these different facts about companies would you like us to do something different or consider other angles let us know you can contact us on social media you know where to find us by now otherwise uh, we'll see you here same time next week for another magic markets episode thanks cheers this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice please speak to your personal financial advisor 